what I would say, you know, it's it's much easier looking back on it now. I'll say that than when you're in the middle. When you're in the middle of it and things aren't going your way, your mind starts playing tricks on you, right? You you start thinking a lot of different things. But what I would say is that, um, you know, I didn't have any built-in network, but I did know people who know someone like second degree connections, third degree connections. So I would just say, hey, leverage every every connection you have. In order to have a connection, though, a good connection that is willing to introduce you to someone, you need to provide, you know, value and, and good work uh, in in it in every job that you're at. And so that's what I would say. This is Found in the Rockies, a podcast about the startup ecosystem in the Rocky Mountain region, featuring the founders, funders, and contributors, and most importantly, the stories of what they're building. I'm Les Craig from Next Frontier Capital, and on today's show, we have Sam Fonoimoana. Sam is the founder and CEO of DataJoin, which is a B2B SaaS company based in Salt Lake City, Utah, that allows enterprise customers to connect their customer behavioral data across their marketing platforms to enable truly full funnel personalization with DataJoin's proprietary micro-integrations. To start off, Sam, why don't you tell me a little bit about your story um, and just kind of where you grew up and what led you to present day? Yeah, sure. So, you know, my my, my name is a Polynesian name, which you did an awesome job, Les, saying my, my name is Samoan. Uh, my mom is Hawaiian. My dad is Samoan. So I started way back when, back in Hawaii. That's where I was born, and that's where most of my family lives today. And... Um, yeah, just grew up in a in a Polynesian home. I have uh, nine sisters and two brothers, so had had a big group. Always, always fun, uh, fun and fighting. I don't know, like those two kind of go hand in hand right there with, with my siblings. But um, yeah, so, so fun. What, how how was it? Which island uh, did you grow up on in Hawaii? So I grew up on on Oahu in uh, in Laie, which is up on the North Shore. Oh right yeah, beautiful area best best place on the island you know that's yeah that's it's gorgeous up there Hawaii, big so. big surf too are you a surfer uh yeah i i love the waves um stupid I question right i know I'm, I'm sorry i had to ask it no i mean we we were living out there for a few years to give give my kids a taste of the island life and i loved it because i was taking my my meetings in the in the beach parking lot got my board in the back of the truck and you know sometimes like <laughs> I couldn't help it. I had to end some of those meetings early so I could make sure I didn't miss the swell, you know? But What uh, a life. Well, that's incredible. So what, what led you, I mean, growing up in a, in a big, big Polynesian family in Hawaii, I, I think we're going to be really curious, all of our listeners curious to hear how this story unfolds because you, you ended up, today you're in Salt Lake City. What, what was the path? So I, I went to high school in LA. We, we moved uh, from Hawaii to, to LA when I was uh, eight years old. And you know, from LA to to college here uh, in Utah, in BYU, which is right down the road from us. You know, love my university, even though we're having a, a little bit of struggles on the football field the, this season. But um, no, what what took me there was, um, you know, I I was a Mormon kid growing up in in uh, in Southern California, and when you when you're a Mormon kid going to high school in in uh, in LA in Southern California, like BYU is is the place uh, where everyone wants to go to. Of course. And I remember coming up here for for football camps, you know, and for, for different conferences like that and just saying, wow, like, 
the air's so clean over here. <laughs> the air's so yeah. clean over here, and uh, you know these mountains are are something else. And you know, everyone everyone's uh, nice to me over here and says hi to me walking down the street. So it, it was a lot different. Um, you know, more a little bit similar to Hawaii in, in the friendliness, but a lot different than LA where I spent my high school years, right? I see. And so um, I was I was really happy when I came up here and started going to school. Didn't have any idea what I wanted to be. I didn't have any idea, right? Um, just taking my generals. If you would ask me, if someone asked me what I wanted to be, I would tell them, hey, you know, I want to be a football player um, or I just want to be a businessman because I didn't know what else to say, right? Um, uh, I, I I didn't really know what, what I wanted at that point. But um, taking my classes here at school, um, I, I studied entrepreneurship as, a, as an undergrad and I did finance uh, for my MBA program coming back here. And in the midst of, you know, learning about EBITDA and debits and credits in my, in those accounting classes, um, I took a couple of classes, um, ISIS classes. I took an Excel class on spreadsheets and another one on VBA. And I remember thinking like, first of all, like I, I had no idea what a, what a cell was. I, I remember the first time I opened up a spreadsheet and like, what is, what is this I'm looking at here? But once I was done with the class, I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. This is pretty powerful. And then once I was done with the VBA class, I remember thinking, so I don't know how, but like, I like this idea of being able to automate things and being able to code things up uh, to do a lot more things than I can do on my own. And so I kind of filed it away in the back of my head saying one day I'll, I'll use these principles. So I think like that was my early seeds that were planted to, to go into tech long before I ever worked for a tech company, you know, probably 10 years cool. before I worked for my first tech company. Yeah, so, yeah. started the seeds planted at BYU. You know, you're the second BYU grad we've had on the podcast. Uh, I don't know if you know Riley Butters, the founder of Donde, but she was a BYU grad and she, was an at, she uh, ran track at BYU. Uh, oh, awesome. So, yeah. yeah. And you, so did you play football? Did you play football at, at BYU as well? Or No, you know, I started playing football. My, my dad showed me and my brother when I was eight years old, the flyer for, for tackle football, and I was all in. And so I had been playing tackle football since I was eight years old. And I did, I did well in Southern California, you know, and, and I had the opportunities to continue playing football, but I, I don't know if, um, I'm going to just say I had asthma, I guess. I, I don't like running. Uh, altitude. I, it was altitude. Yes, yeah. it was altitude. <laughs> but I, I was done with – if I had to do any more conditioning, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take my chances with the books. You know, I love you yeah. football, but I'm going to watch you from, from the TV now, right? So Yeah, definitely. And speaking of that, I remember when we first met, you 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 joked. You do have a, you do have a doppelganger in Salt Lake. Is that not true? <laughs> well, you know – I, Who is it? Come on, tell us. I guess so. I mean, I was just going through the, the through the McDonald's uh, drive through just right there um, next to BYU campus. And uh, yeah, I don't. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I go pick up my food and then and then the, the person that the worker has my food said, hey, I just want you to know I love. Thank you so much for everything you've done for our football team here. <laughs> Coach Satake, I really, I really. Uh, <laughs> Coach, I can see the resemblance. I mean, for the, our listeners, they're probably like, "What is going on right now?" You're a big guy, though, and you do you do favor, Coach. So, yeah, I'm a big guy. You know, I play with the. I remember playing uh, basketball with Kalani back in the days in, in the field house. But uh, yep. yeah, I just I took it as a compliment. I didn't tell the the waiter that I wasn't Kalani. I said, "Oh, you're welcome." You know, <laughs> that's fine. That's <laughs> so, awesome. 
All right. So you graduated, you, you, you finished up at BYU and then kind of, what was the path? What was the, uh, you know, what kind of, what was the inspiration uh, kind of early on in your career? I think it's, well, I mean, part of it for me is just purely by, by chance. Uh, maybe it's just, it, it is definitely my plans. And let me explain why, why I think that. So I started off my first three co- jobs out of school was uh, export company, you know, exporting leg quarters and cereal to, to Tahiti, French Polynesia, which is where my wife is from. My second one was working for uh, for a turbo shop, you know, mounting turbos on everything from m- Mustangs to minivans. And then, uh, <laughs> yeah, like no, no, no joke. I'm like, wow, this, this mom's ready to go on the freeway. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, and then my, my third job out of college was working for a scrapbook company. So all of these three companies are a far cry from the from the world of tech that, I, that I'm in today. But all of them like are is, is the path that brought me to, to tech. And um, like I'll, I'll say that I had that curiosity of, you know, how to automate and use data just from those ISIS classes. And I graduated as a finance right from my MBA program. And, you know, I, I remember going into um, to that company, was in charge of running the budget and basically talking to marketing at the end of each month saying, hey, you told us you were going to generate this, this many new subscribers and you only generated this, this many subscribers. Let's talk about like why, why the Delta, which that started leading me down this path of data, which, you know, that's. Our, our company today is data joined, but um, that's what mm-hmm. led me down the path. So even though I'm working for a scrapbooking company, um, yeah, I was already digging in, uh, talking to, to to the BI team and learning SQL queries, you know, so I can pull better data. I'm the finance guy who can't get the answer that he's looking for, like an, an answer that's a good enough answer for me. And so that really started me down, even working at the scrapbooking company when um you know, when we got acquired by by another company, then they let the entire finance team go. And um, mm-hmm. I was looking for a job for, you know, one month, two months, three months, four months, five, six months. And, um, you know, I started started getting really desperate, you know, at, at that time. And my cousin called me up and he said, hey, are you a are you a statistician? And I said, yep. I'm a statistician, right? I Not only am I a statistician, but I'm a scrappy statistician who used to work at a scrapbooking company. I mean, you were you were really hacking some stuff together, right? You were scrappy. You're scrappy. You're that kind of guy. Like you're you're you get it done. Yeah, true. Uh, true grit. You know, I always like the that movie, The Name, because I like to fancy myself like that. I, I will find a way, and uh, you know, not necessarily the flashiest guy, but. Um, yeah, I, I can Google better than than, than anyone else. I'll, I'll say that, right? How to how to figure something out. So, <laughs> you know, um, Sam. Speaking of speaking of you, your name, you, and Googling. Um, actually, if you Google micro integrations, and I challenge all of our listeners to try this out, like you're one of the first names that pops. Like, did you coin that, or like how did how did you get the SEO on like micro integrations? Like, I don't know. Did you trademark it or coin it or like what? Where did where did you come up with that? Yeah, so this is this is something that we came up with. No one else was really using it. Um, you know, this is probably two years ago now that we came up with this term. And I said, you know what? Like everyone hates integrations because when they think about them, they get their 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 blood pressure goes up, right? It's going to take a long time to get integrations done, but not us. Like 
we're micro integrations. Like we can come in and out and we'll just, we'll get this thing done in like two days, right? Yep. Like once we get access to the systems, we'll be in and out. So yeah, I mean, we looked into a trademark lawyer and, you know, they said, hey, it's going to be hard, tough to trademark that term. But the next best thing you could do, like you guys are the only ones out there. So just keep, you know, just keep yeah. using the term everywhere. And so that's, uh, that's our term. Yeah. I still don't know if a lot of people know about it, but um, that that's what we're trying to change. It's, so. it's funny since we met and I, I met Sam uh, uh, over the summer. Uh, so about six, six months ago or so, but I've been using it all the time because it is so descriptive of what you do. And could you kind of maybe talk us through that a little bit, just kind of what do we, when you say micro integration, what do you mean? Like what's a nuts and bolts kind of example of, of what you do? Sure. So I think um, for a typical integration, like if, if you were to buy MuleSoft, I've used MuleSoft quite a bit. Um, that's, that's a big system where you can, it's like an earth moving system, right? You can move tons of data from one system to another, as long as you want to, as long as you have the time and the skill to be able to code it up, right? Mm-hmm. In that system, which that, that is a high learning curve, right? To, to be able to use that system. So for us, we're like, you know what? Marketers need the data, right? More than anyone else. They're the biggest consumers of data, um, you know, for these large enterprises. And they need data, you know, we argue more than any other team uh, that, that's inside the company. And so what we're doing is we're making it very simple for a marketer to just pick any two systems. So we take two systems at a time and we have a very select group of use cases for them, right? Like for example, I want to be able to measure my Salesforce opportunities, the number of Salesforce opportunities, but inside of my web analytics platform, right? Mm-hmm. That would be one use case. We have a micro integration that sends Salesforce opportunities back into your web analytics platform tied at the visitor level. So then you can do, you know, full campaign tracking, not just to like a form fill on your website, but past the website and into Salesforce and say, hey, this campaign drove this many form fills and also this many opportunities, which is beautiful for like an attribution or, you know, you can walk into a stakeholder meeting with that. Like, that's exactly what you need if you're a marketer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that would be an example of a micro integration, just taking specific data from one system to the other. We're not trying to move every piece of data. It's not an earth moving solution like Millsoft, but very specific, but very powerful data points for marketers. For sure. And, and you know, I, I think it, not, not to. I mean, this, these, these are these are challenging uh, on a micro scale. These things are challenging, like, and they're not trivial. But I think most people would probably be surprised to know that, like, data isn't as portability as you might suspect, right? I mean, it's not from system to system. What, how, you know, how how has that evolved? How have you seen that space evolve over the past few years? Well, there there are a lot of integration tools out there today and more and more, you know, by the month. Um, so for us, it's at face value, it's a little bit of a crowded space for us, but where we've seen the integration space really take off is what I like to see, you know, there's top of funnel, you know, where you've got an anonymous visitors to, 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 to the company, they're anonymous, right? And then you got middle of funnel, like once they s- submit the, some sort of a form on your website or, the, or they call up the sales rep because they want to know more. And then you got bottom of funnel when they're trying to close them. So what I've seen is like from the middle and the bottom of the funnel, you see a lot of tools out there like Zapier, right? They're very good at connecting data from your your marketing automation platform, you know, to Salesforce, for example, right? Um, and then you've got other tools out. You've got so many tools out there. Trey, 
you know, Trey I.O., you've got Workado. Um, there's new ones coming out all the time. And so that's why I've seen like an explosion of these integration tools, because from middle of funnel to the bottom, that's an easier problem to solve because they've given you their email. So it's easy to say, hey, there's an email in this system inside of, uh, you know, let's say uh, inside your marketing automation tool in MailChimp or whatever. And there's an email inside of Salesforce. So that's an easy match, right? Like you can just match data across those two systems. So to, so for me, it's no surprise to see that that space has exploded where it hasn't exploded and where we're playing and maybe we're either, you know, smarter than everyone else or just crazier or more more stupid than everyone else. <laughs> it's at the top of the funnel. We're playing at the top where it's anonymous mm-hmm. and we're really good at saying, hey, you got anonymous visitors on your website. We can match them to emails in your marketing automation system. We can match them to emails in your CRM better than anyone else. And it's a harder problem to solve. Zapier and, and Trey, they don't touch that, right? Because it's that's not automation right there. You, you can't hire an intern to, 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 to do that. You need technology right. to go in and, and do that. Yeah. So that, that's and, and in terms of like customer data activation and marketing data ac- activation that you really are focused on now, is that where the company always, is that sort of where you always sort of buttered your bread or did it, did it start there? Or is that what you've evolved to as kind of a focus mission? I think it's a little bit half and half. I mean, we're definitely messaging it differently today than, than we were in the early days. Um, at the beginning, though, even back before I started DataJoint, but back when I was at Domo or back at Ancestry or back at 101 Marketing, like I was always in the work of stitching together your Salesforce data, you know, bottom of the funnel for B2Bs with your top of the funnel data. So Google Ads, mm-hmm. right? Turning data back into Google Ads, um, you know, with your Google Analytics or, or Adobe Analytics. And so before we used to position it like, hey, we've got a Salesforce and Adobe integration. Like that was that was the only integration that we had, right? And that yep. was the one that we won that first Adobe competition. We got second place in that, you know, a few years ago. And um, but now the messaging has evolved. Like I've been I've been thinking about this more and more. I said, you know what? Like for, first it evolved to all the systems need to talk to each other. And then now it has evolved to like, I mean, I just get off a call before this. The one that made me late was I was talking to our to, to our marketing team because we're changing the positioning again, right? And what we're saying is that, you know, today marketers, they can't personalize, they can't activate, like not, not really, um, because they are not going off of the behavioral data, the first party behavioral data that they have. Mm. So we're saying that you guys are sitting on a mountain of behavioral data in your web analytics inside of Adobe or Google. And you guys are just using it for measurement. You guys are not sharing that data to your ads, to your CRM, to your to your email platform. And because you don't have that behavioral data, you guys are spamming everybody, right? Based on their job title or based, mm-hmm. off, of the, based off of the company they work for, even though they show zero intent in their behaviors, right? Right. So that's kind of where we're at today. So Very cool. Well, I, I wanted to kind of get that just, just to get some context for everybody um, in terms of what, what you're doing and what what data join is is focused on. I'd love to go back a little bit though, because we jumped over, you just referenced a couple, uh, you know, this Adobe competition, you referenced Domo. T- t- bring us up to present in terms of, so you, you you said it was your brother, brother-in-law that called you and asked about uh, your skills as like a data engineer? Yeah, so so my cousin called me. My cousin, and, that's it, yeah. He asked if I'm a, if I'm a statistician. 
Um, and I told, so I started at, at one-on-one marketing. That's where I, that's where I took the job. I was so happy to, to work there. I didn't actually do any statistics there when I was there. I ended up just doing data engineering because they needed their, um, you know, th- this company worked on, um, on lead gen for for-profit universities. So we would sell leads of people who are interested to go to school at the University of Phoenix, uh, Western Governors University, for example. And the marketers are spending so much money every month and really optimizing their spend to cost per lead. Um, when really the, the best success metric for our leads was if they became a student or not, if they actually enrolled. Right. right. And so that that's all that matters, really. Right? Yeah, that's all that matters. Yeah. You can generate, you know, as many leads as you want. But if all of them dropped dead, none of them enrolled and they were garbage leads. Right. That's right. So. At 101 Marketing, like that was the main problem that I solved was, hey, how do I get the this data back from, from the customers? And then I stitch it with the marketing spend data inside of Google Ads. And then that way we can generate a cost per student enrollment, right? And so um, I learned how to stitch data systems together at 101 Marketing. My first tech company, that is really the foundation of data join what it is today. It wasn't Salesforce and it wasn't um, web analytics, but the concept was still the same. You know, marketing data over here, sales, uh, final outcome data over here, stitch them together. And that's what I saw at one-on-one. Then I left one-on-one to Ancestry. I saw the same issue over there, right? Two different systems, but the same issue, right? Um, and then at Domo, like same thing, going go to a data company, I'm like, okay, these guys are probably gonna, you know, if anybody's got it figured out, these guys have to have it figured out, right? And they didn't. And they didn't. I was just wow. I was, I was pleasantly surprised because for me it meant okay, I'm like this is good because I feel like I know how to solve this better than anyone else now. Like if Domo's not doing it, Domo's customers they would bring me into the sales calls, um, you know, to to coach them through it. And I'm like, you know what? I'm like, I think I'm not trying to get a big head right now, but I think I'm probably the best one in the world, like who knows how to solve <laughs> this problem, you know? Who yeah. Source data associated with visitor IDs and those other systems. Like, I think I know this. Like, I'm feeling pretty good about my, my skill set right now, honey. That's what I tell my wife, right? <laughs> I love it, Sam. But I mean, that's so, I think it's a really important uh, takeaway for founders, especially in our region. It's like you you saw this problem not once, not twice, but three times with with three, you know, significant companies, especially the last, the third of the three. And it's like that gave you the confidence to say, you know what, I'm the I'm the best guy in the world. Let's do this. Right. And you did. And you did. So what, what was the there was the inspiration, I guess. And what was like the spark to, to just say, you know what, I'm 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 off. I'm going to do this. So the, the stars, the stars lined up, you know, back in. uh it was 2016, uh, just for family reasons, you know, my, my mom and my dad were going through some health issues Mm. and, uh, I decided, you know, I mentioned earlier, I decided to take my kids back to Hawaii, my wife and I, Mm -hmm. and just to be able to support, uh, my, my family for a little bit and be there for, for my dad and for my mom. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it it was at that point that I ended up just leaving Domo because I couldn't work from them from, you know, from Hawaii back in those days. Sure. and I was able to, you know, get get uh, get one client, Franklin Sports, and and that was really it. I said, you know what, I, I have one client. Let's see if I can go get the Polynesian Culture Center here across the street from my house. See if I can get BYU Hawaii, 
and I was able to get them as as clients wow. too. Wow! And so I said, okay, super I, cool. I think I can I, I can do this now. I've got uh, I've got enough business. I was flying back uh, to Utah. I, I had a couple of smaller side hustle deals from back when I was you know working for Ancestry and Domo, doing mm-hmm. uh, Salesforce and and, uh, and Google Ads data. So like Workfront, it wasn't very much money, but it just gave me the confidence that hey, I think I can uh, I, I can do this now. And uh, just be on my own full time, no longer a side hustle, right? But, Amazing, and it was literally—I mean, it was this was a—you were a solo entrepreneur going at this. I mean, you were building these solutions, you were delivering, probably writing your own proposals, right? Like, I mean, you were—you were doing it all at that time, right? Yeah, just just uh, googling boilerplate templates, you know, for <laughs> SOWs and, yeah. and things like that. Uh, but yeah, just just solo. Awesome. I had no one else, right? That's incredible. At what point? So, what? Give us a sense, time frame wise. What about what year was this? So this was 2016. Okay. Yeah, this, this was. I, I remember it was my birthday, August second, 2016, that I bought my first, you know, uh, c- computer that was dedicated to my 100 percent full time <laughs> consultant. I'm like, wow. what a milestone! Yeah. And I just barely retired that computer just uh, just last month, actually. So. Oh. Wow, yeah. you really got you really stretched the value out of that baby. <laughs> the value of my MacBook Air, you know, I I gave it to my daughter who started college. I said, "Hey, this is a legendary computer right here, all right?" Yeah, <laughs> might be a tad bit slower than your classmates, but it has done a lot of things. So you take yeah, this is this is seen some greatness already, and it's yeah, life. That's cool. That's awesome, Sam. Thank you for sharing that. Um. What, so what was, at what point were you like, you know what, it's time to uh, scale, time to hire, like where, when did that happen? Yeah. So I, I went to go fundraise back in 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I guess let me back up. So, so, so before that I had a friend um, who introduced me to one of his friends who ran, who started a content marketing agency called Stoke. So I met David Atchison and Lori, um, Lori Loner awesome people. Mm-hmm. And they said, you know what, like, let's just run this, uh, this project with Adobe, you know, we'll go ahead and just split it right down the middle with us too. But we measure, you know, we write content for them, they want to be able to measure the value of the content, we're doing all the content on their blogs, and you have the skill set to be able to measure it. And ah. so that was really my first kind of, you know, workings with with, with Adobe. And this is probably cool. 2017. Mm-hmm. Uh, early 2018. And so nice. I remember, you know, we were working with Mark Booth who ran the paid social team over there and he, he loved it. He's like, wow, it's like I can, I can go in and justify all of my social campaigns. He was able to like triple his budget just because he was able to show like, like not just how many visitors, but how many deals that he touched. And there were some big names in there. Like there's some big deals and he had like some very valuable touches that happened within weeks before the deal closed mm-hmm. in content that he was pushing out. And very so right. that that really that really uh, you know started the path working with these bigger companies such as Adobe. Um, we went to go fundraise. This is what I was going to say. So we went to go fundraise around 2018. We had a we had a good amount of revenue. Um, you know, we were doing just somewhere like right around 800,000 in, in revenue, annual revenue. Nice. Uh, it was 100% consulting, and uh, and I remember fundraising. We went to talk to everyone here in Utah, and uh, they said, "Hey, 
like this isn't really like a software though like this is good like this is services and it, it was at that moment i was like wow um uh, i said yeah we probably have to build something that's that's more scalable than than this and even i was tired of uh you know having to do 20 custom reports every month right for for my customers so yeah if only you could build a machine that just spit out those reports, right? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. A machine that can listen to uh, the customer and what they want and then spit it out. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Right. Um, but yes, I mean, so that really let, led me down the path. I mean, I stopped fundraising actively probably at the end of 2018, 2019. And that's when we entered that contest with, with Adobe. You know, I talked to my mm. friend on the product marketing team um, and you know, I, I said, hey, like, what if we just stitch together the data from the systems? Like, forget about the reports. Forget mm. about all these dashboards. I'm tired of making a new dashboard, you know, like every time someone has just like a, the, the tiniest idea. And uh, I mean, I, I get it. I mean, analytics, I get it. But like, what if I just connected the data? And he's like, mm -hmm. wow, like, you know what? There's a lot of there's a lot of demand for that. You know, we're trying to battle against Google. Google, you know, says that they can integrate with Salesforce. If you built something, we have nothing. And so I built that um, that launch extension, and you know, we took second place in the contest. We paid zero dollars, and I was there, like in Las Vegas, you know, on, at the Venetian on stage, like presenting it. And I was like, man, I can't believe I'm doing this. I can't believe I'm over here. And, like, we didn't have to pay anything. We just had to just pay through our good work, and and that was it. That's incredible. Um, so that's that's really what set us down the path. I'm like, you know what? Let's just push this, and then, and then our customers started saying, "Hey, can we get the data now from Salesforce? But can we push that now into Facebook, or can we push that into mm -hmm. Google?" Mm -hmm. And so we started seeing, like, "Hey, there's a lot of systems that need connecting here, and we don't need to solve everything. We just need a few use cases for every, you know, pair of systems, and these are super valuable and they're scalable. So that's that's where the micro integration vision." Yeah, that, that's where it was born. So that's awesome, Sam. You know, I love with your origin story. I love how I mean, you you obviously from the very beginning were super scrappy, but you you know, it's just a constant pursuit of answering those customer questions, right? It's a constant pursuit of driving a return on investment, um, demonstrating value to the customer, and it's like step by step. It's like the, it's the epitome of bootstrapping. I mean, you. You for for what like really the first uh, six year five five years four five years, I mean you you focused on the customer and delivered value. I mean it's it's incredible. And then uh, you know so with with Adobe with this 2019 Adobe contest, would you say that that was that was really when you kind of flipped the switch and said, all right, let's go pro. Let's time to now we we've got enough subject matter expertise. Let's build that this product. Is that is that fair? Yeah, that that's fair. That's fair. Like that's what happened, and and uh, I said, you know what? Let's go ahead and build out like a nice interface, you know, so that we can make this integration really easy. And uh, even though in those early days it wasn't really a build-out product, I mean, it, it, it was a it was a product that only that only I or my my other partner could use. You know, we were demoing it as if the customer could use it, but. <laughs> You know, I am not uh, a full stack developer, right? I mean, I can I can Google and I can do the best that I can, but um, yeah, but that's where I knew like this is this is where it's at right here. Like, look look at how easy this is. Like, this would have taken 
you know, a, a team, you know, at least a year to build out this type of integration, like everything start to finish. And I can get on a call and within an hour, like literally an hour, like if, if I have access to the systems, like we can be done and have data passing between both systems. And so I'm like, this is something we can sell, you know, to 10, 20, 100, you know, people per year. And, yeah. you know, our, our goals are, yeah, sky's the limit for us. So that, that's what we're trying to build out right now. That's exciting. And and kind of in the midst of all this in this transition was was COVID, right? I mean, 20, March of 2020, kind of the world shuts down. What was sort of your journey through that time period, through the, you know, 2020 into kind of like, you know, early 22? It's like, uh, it's like, I don't want to quote the scriptures, but it's like the, the, the valley of the shadow of death, right? Now. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that was our time, man. Yeah, like, sure. Like we, you know, we needed every dollar of PPP that we could get our hands on. Mm-hmm. So immediately what happened, we were about to go, we were about to present at uh, at Adobe Summit again, uh, mm. that 2020, right? This is a year after our launch extension. Yep. Everything was lined up. Um, we had a full pipeline, which is great. And then like it all just evaporated like in like water in the desert. Like it was just, mm. all, it was literally all gone. So we, mm. you know, we couldn't go to the, to the summit anymore. It got canceled. Um, everyone backed off and, you know, we went about eight, you know, we went about eight months without generating a sale Wow. at that point. And so, so that was tough. I mean, we had to take, you know, I, I had to go back and take side hustle again. I'm like, wow, like my main hustle now requires me to have a, a side hustle now. Like, <laughs> me, I was just, you know, taking, taking other contracting mm-hmm. jobs that I could get. Um, but, you know, but you pulled through. Yeah, through, through it all. Like we had customers that were happy, like the ones that we did have kept renewing. And I said, no, like we're, we're not going to fold this up. You know, I would go Google search for a job. And uh, I ended after like 10 minutes of searching for a job. I'm like, no, like we've got something here. Like we've gotten this far. Like I'm not going to drop it right now. I'm going to hustle, take whatever it takes. Like we, we've got something here. I just need to ride through this storm. And that's what we did. Yeah. So you got through, you got through the, the, the storm. And then, uh, when did you launch, you, you, you ended up launching, eventually launching a fundraise, a seed raise, right? And was it summer of 22? Right. So then, so we went, uh, we said, you know what, we have enough customers. We picked up, we picked up Comcast. We picked up Quicken Loans. We picked up a lot of great accounts and we were feeling, uh, like very, very strong at that point. Um, even to the point where we knew we would keep growing, even if we did no fundraising, but I don't know, in order to hit the goals, like I felt this was the best chance. Like we just won't get there fast enough to be able to jump on and own this idea of being able to micro integrate your stack. And so we started fundraising. We went back to all the same people that we, that I had pitched back in 2018. And, uh, you know, it was, it was better, but I think the space was too crowded at, at that time. And we just, you know, had a lot of people pass us up, but I was talking to everyone, like everyone, like, Mm -hmm. You know, like one of my guys was, he was in the MBA program. He was introducing me to his, to his professor, you know, Tom Peterson. Tom Peterson introduced me to this person. This person introduced me to this person. And yep. long story short, I, I've got this uh, this Lucid diagram and it's awesome. It shows like all the connections, like the road that it took. I, I wanted to make sure that I journaled that so I, so I remember like, 
you know, like what it took to get there. Right. Yeah. I'm Sam. I'm really glad you said that because I think that's another great takeaway for founders in our region. You know, sometimes there's an expectation that, uh, you know, with sort of a handful of direct intros, like that's what happens. That's how his fundraise gets done. But you, you're so, I mean, as a data guy, you get this and you painted the picture with data. So you definitely understand it now that you see it, but it's like, it often is like the second or third degrees, right. That lead to the commitments that lead to the momentum to get the round done. So I'm glad you said that. Cause I think it's really important consideration for founders. Oh, thanks Les. I, you know, it, it's interesting. So Mitch Rencher from Sepio, right? I already, I already had, you know, basically two verbal commits from, fr- from these other funds, mm-hmm. and uh, I had I had my friend saying, "Hey, still, still talk with this person," and uh, so I said, "Oh, sure, go ahead and do the intro." In my head, I thought, you know, that that wouldn't be the one. The long story short, like those two people dropped out, the ones I had the verbal commits, and then Mitch <laughs> ends up being the guy, right? Like he. Wow. He ends up, you know, those two were just taking too long. Like they couldn't travel out to Japan or something to close the front. And then Mitch ends up being the guy. So never take any any lead for granted, right? Until you have your goal, like just be grateful and just take any take any lead that comes your way. So more, more great advice. And and you know, I think just just to put a cherry on top of that, I mean, you ended up. I mean, Mitch is a great partner, great co investor. We've co invested with with uh, with Mitch before. Um, but it, it just goes to show you, it's like, if you stay true and stay strong in a fundraise process, like generally speaking, you end up with the best, like the best syndicate for you know, your needs. So well, well done. So Mitch led the round, Sepio led the round, I guess. And then uh, what, what did it end up with the seed round raise end up being for you guys? Uh, 3.5 million seed round, um, which was great. I mean, that's, I mean, and let's just say it like this was in the summer of 22 when a lot of this sort of activity came to a grinding halt, like probably one of the more difficult times to raise in recent history. Right. Am I lying? I mean, no, I mean, yeah, you thanks, did it, man. thanks for yeah. saying that. I mean, that's, that, that's what it was. That's what it was. I, I didn't even think about it that much. <laughs> but I, you know, I just thought of kind of the long grind, but you're, you're spot on. Yeah. Like everyone, everyone's kind of staying on the sidelines. So yeah, well, it, it's you know that's that's another thing too is uh, another thing worth noting to founders like don't don't let the circumstance get in the way or get in your head right because that can prevent you from having the confidence to get the raise done. So it's like I know there's a lot of uncertainty ahead for founders. You you've got you've got cash on the balance sheet, which is great. There's other founders that maybe are going out to raise in the coming months. And who knows what the, what the financial future looks like with, with the current macroeconomic trends, but yeah, keep, stay out of your head and, and just get it done. Like, like Sam did. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Oh man. Yeah. There was plenty of, uh, yeah, this has been the, this has been the toughest stretch. I think for me, for me mentally back in the Domo days in yeah. the ancestry, I thought, you know, it was, everything's really easy, but this is, this has been awesome. I mean, this is a faith building exercise to, to be an entrepreneur. And I had to really just go off of any little wins I could get. Right. Like, yep. Look, I wasn't getting deals closing, but I had a good conversation with my customers and they said how much they loved it. So like, that's a win. Right. I take that. And I said, you know what? No, like I got something here. Right. So I think entrepreneurs who are struggling, like take take the little wins that you have, like you, you, you'll, you'll need it. Right. You'll, you'll need it for your momentum and for your sanity to keep moving forward. So. Yeah. Awesome. So w- tell us what's ahead. What's, I mean, it's really exciting. You've got this 
fundraise behind you? What's ahead for Data Join? What can we get excited about? Uh, just as as we keep keep uh, apprised of your your future here with the company. Yeah. So so next year we we so we have our roadmap. Um, I've got I've got uh, uh, a legitimate development team now, right? Um, and so it's not just me who's building out the, the the Python scripts anymore, right? And so I think we're gonna have an awesome product to show uh, New Year's where we can connect your web analytics to multiple systems and do it by logging into our system. I mean, we're really trying to get a PLG type of product out there that's friendly and attractive to marketers for them to be able to use. Uh, so you don't have to talk to Alex, my, my sales guy, you know, even though he's a good looking guy, you don't want to talk to him. You just want to do it on your own. So, so <laughs> product guy, right? Um, yeah. A, a, a true product where you can just go in and just do it yourself. So that's what you product led growth. I love it. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. That's right. exciting. That's super exciting. Um, what about Sam in terms of, um, you know, I, I'd love to, I'd love to ask you a question just about, um, you know, being uh, you know, on your website, you mentioned as the first Polynesian led technology startup, we start with Aloha. And I love that. I think it's great. But, but tell us about the challenges of being like a trailblazer um, a, as a, as a diverse founder in our region, like any tips for other diverse founders and how, just how they can get it done. Like you, you've, you've to like trailblaze this amazing path. What advice do you have for others? I mean, what, what I would say, and uh, you know, it's, it's much easier looking back on it now. I'll say that than when you're in the middle, when you're in the middle of it and things aren't going your way, your mind starts playing tricks on you, right? You, you start thinking a lot of different things. But what I would say is that, um, you know, I didn't have any built in network. Um, but, I did know people who know someone like, like you talked about earlier, right? Second degree connections, third degree connections. So I would just say, hey, leverage every every connection you have. In order to have a connection, though, a good connection that is willing to introduce you to someone, you need to provide, you know, value and, and good work uh, in in it in every job that you're at. And so that's what I would say. Um, I like to believe that. I was an entrepreneur way before I started my company. Uh, I was solving problems and I was solving problems with, with other people, right? And so mm -hmm. that person at Adobe who, who opened the doors for me there, I had worked with him back at Domo, helping him get the LinkedIn, you know, I was helping him do attribution reporting to his LinkedIn campaigns that would win him, you know, uh, success at Domo, right? And so he trusted me, he knew what I could do. You know, we, we would go play horse. Uh, Domo had this basketball court, you know, <laughs> I would go play horse. I wouldn't take it easy on him. I trash talk him and I, I beat him every time. But but we have a good time right out there playing. But um, so for those who think they have no network, every day, every day, build that network. Right, spend time with those colleagues, solve problems with those colleagues. Um, you know, ha have that aloha. Be 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 good to people. Right, just. Just just be good to people. And later on, it might be one year, it might be five years later, you may be able to open a door for them. They may be able to open up a door for you. So that's my first tip of advice right there for strugglers who uh, are founders who are struggling. I, I think, um, yeah, I mean, I did have those feelings, to be honest, less sometimes that, hey, I think it's harder for me because I'm a someone. I, I, I remember going into to one uh, pitch, and this is probably like my 80th pitch, right, that I had gone into. And um, I was in an office right across the freeway from the Adobe buildings. And I remember uh, getting the question from from the from the man. 
he said, hey, who built this software? And I looked at him and I already thought in my head, I'm going to tell him that I built this, but he's not going to believe me because I'm someone, right? Mm-hmm. That's just, now whether that's true or not, I don't know, but that's just what I felt, right? And so I told him, I said, I built this. And then, and then I told him right after, I, I hesitated for a split second. And I said, now I know you've never known to someone to build something like this, but I built this. And if you need someone to vouch for me, I pointed at the Adobe building. I'm like, those guys across the street. I said, Salesforce Tower, they will vouch for me. I'm like, I built this. This is what I Good for you, Sam. I I love it. Yeah. And just to say it, I mean, you... You 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 stood up for yourself there, like you have you you and I and I really like that is that is so important in that story that you just ho- you just told. Because on one hand, I know you as a guy who brings humility to every conversation. I know you as a guy that follows through. I know you as a guy that brings value. Right, that's what your whole career is. But in that situation, you had to stand up. You had to stand up for yourself, and it's it's unfortunate that that's how you felt. But the reality is, is if that's how you felt in that conversation. That perception is reality. So I'm glad you. Sh- I'm really glad you shared that because that's also a very important message for investors in our region who are supporting, looking to support diverse founders. Is create a positive perception and ask positive questions. It's positive questioning, right? Yeah. You shouldn't have to stand up for yourself in that situation, but you did, and I'm thankful that you did. That's amazing. Well, well, thanks, Les. I think. Um... Yeah, I mean that's my natural nature is to is not is not that right, but I mentioned it was my 80th pitch, and I said, you know what, I I can already I've already been here before, and they they need to know right that that mm-hmm. we know what we're doing that I know what I'm doing here, and uh, that was the best way, and it ended up great. That was one of my my verbal offers that I that I talked about. We had we had teary eyes he and I like as we had that conversation, and uh, it was something I'll never forget. That's incredible, Sam. I'm really thankful that you shared that with our listeners. Uh, what about kind of as my last question? I always kind of like to uh, jump into a fun topic. Anything uh, that you're looking forward to in the next 30 days? Anything with your family or uh, anything exciting in your personal life that you're looking forward to? Well, man, we just we just had Halloween last night. I think I, I need <laughs> a little va- vacation from from that. I mean, we had we had the whole whew, we had awesome. Well, so. What everybody dress up as? Could you share? Would you be willing to share? Did you, yeah, did you yeah. get a costume? So for me, I was a uh, I was a construction worker. That was kind of the lazy, you know. I, I was the lazy <laughs> one. So uh-huh. That's out of the way. I can get to the get get to the better costumes. So my, my youngest son was uh, he's three years old. Nalu, he was baby Grogu. So his oh yeah, like the only he was the only Grogu out there, like walking around the block, which was awesome. You, know? you could have been the Mandalorian, and you could have carried him around, right? <laughs> Dude, that that would have been it right there. That's awesome. He's gonna be too big next year. No, I'm just kidding. He'll be too big. Yep. So so he was Grogu. I had uh, Lena. She was a witch. She's like the cutest little witch. That's the one who just came in here. Uh huh. And. Uh, <laughs> You know, just walking around with her broomstick, and then we had Roger, who was a Knights Templar. You know, and so we uh, we wow, we quite the crew for trick or treat. He looked like out of that movie Assassin's Creed. He was looking pretty good, and then uh, <laughs> and then Johnny was a was a scarecrow, a three hundred pound uh, scarecrow. That's that's my fifteen year old boy, Johnny. Um, <laughs> that's a big scarecrow. <laughs> that would scare me. 
all of my sons, so I have four sons, they all have autism, right? And so, um, so, so we're walking around. So Johnny's just this friendly scarecrow. You know, he, he, he doesn't talk. Roger doesn't really talk. Uh, you know, Roger's trying to take the whole bowl of candy every house. I have to be there. <laughs> that's just how his mind thinks. He's like, more, 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 more. You know, that's his, that's his autism right there. But, uh, and then, um, yeah. And then our oldest son, Tom, was at home. He was passing out candy. Um, he He's graduated to that stage. Yes. <laughs> I have one of those too. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's great. We have someone at home and then me, me and my wife, Sabrina, we could go out with the kids. So Super uh, fun. Well, yeah. It's always, it's just so much fun to share those personal details. I, I thank you for sharing that as well, because, you know, it's like our founders are real people. Like this incredible career you've had, this incredible uh, platform you've built, and now with the seed rays behind you, and yet he still goes out and trick-or-treats with the family. He's a family guy. I love it. <laughs> oh, I love it. It wouldn't happen any other way. And my sister's family right. just rolled in from out of town too right now. That's where Lena came in. So oh, great. I'm going to go uh, figure out what to do right now. So All right, Sam. Well, look, I really appreciate you being on the episode today. Thank you so much for telling an amazing story. And just to conclude, why don't you let our, um, let, let our uh, listeners know where they can find out more about you and more about DataJoin online. Yeah, if you want to find out about DataJoin, just go to datajoin.com. We got that domain, right? Um, and so just... Check, check us out there. If you want to learn more about me or connect, I'd be happy to connect with, with you on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm the only Sam Fonoi Moana on LinkedIn. And so you'll be able to find me pretty easily as long as you can spell my name right. So, yeah. All right, Sam. Well, in the spirit of Hawaii and, and your upbringing, I would just like to say mahalo. Thank you for being on today's episode. Aloha. Mahalo to you guys. <laughs> yep. Thanks, Sam. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Found in the Rockies. You can find links in the show notes or go to nextfrontiercapital.com to get transcripts, links, and contact information for today's guests. If you like what you heard and want more, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to get notified as our new episodes drop every two weeks. We'll see you next time.